Do we want to talk about me being naked more? Is that? <laughs> That's definitely what we need to record. We may not have a conversation, but we're here for a real Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education, The, the musical. musical. I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined, as always, by... I'm Vinny. I'm Mike. And we are here this week to continue the fossey apocalypse. Fossey, fossey, fossey! I don't even... I have no idea what we're watching tonight. I just I realized I know we talked about it last week. I didn't remember and I haven't asked, so this is a total <laughs> mystery to me. I only because she sent us a list, right? A while like, which back. ones have you seen? And I remember what I said I've seen, but I don't remember what was. Well, and I went back and looked at it today to be like, oh, is it? Okay. Do I know which one it is? Because there's some that I've just like have no clue what they're about or anything. <laughs> um, this one is not one of those though. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it, but oh, we're doing Damn Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Beachy building up to that. Damn Yankees, yeah. I, so. um, well, and after our discussion last week about the pajama game, I believe I did mention that like this was a one-two punch on Broadway. Yeah, of, right. yeah. They did the pretty did much the same, the same production people, team. People, yeah. yeah. Did pajama game. It was a huge hit, and they're like, let's do it again. It's uh, Abbott? Yes. George, George Abbott? Is yes. That right? okay. I'm so proud. Yeah. <laughs> Jazz hands. George Abbott directed the Broadway show, and he is the director of record along with Stanley Donan of the film. That's right. So, so they, it's basically the exact same people in the, from the movie, too, did... Uh, the Pajama Game. Yeah, Pajama Game. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So um, awesome. this was that uh, uh, that deal that Jack Warner cut right. to, to do the Pajama Game, to do the film version of the Pajama Game and Damn Yankees. And the deal he cut was, I will bring over the the entire original Broadway cast as long as you let me replace one star with a bankable movie star. So the bankable star in the pajama game was Doris Day. Doris Day. The bankable star, <laughs> this is a weird Babe. sentence I'm about to say, the bankable star for Damn Yankees is Tab Hunter. Sure. Yeah, okay. Because, of course Because I know was. who that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lost in the midst of time, he was briefly a teen heartthrob. Oh, okay. With the... That's what they say about me, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you're currently briefly a teen heartthrob. Yep. <laughs> that was good. Now, at, at 37, <laughs> I'm yeah. briefly not, a teen. That's not what they not, said when you were a yeah, teen. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what they say now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Um, weirder things have happened, yeah. so, Mike, so I'll just gonna let that flow, move right along from it. So, uh... Tab Hunter, that is, that is a name. Right? Not his real name, I mean, obviously. it couldn't be, but... No, no more than Rock Hudson. Same guy right. who gave Rock Hudson his name, gave Tab Hunter his. Okay. Same agent. It's like, here's a name for you. Yeah. Let's name you after a diet drink. I don't think that was... What a fucking job, though, to just sit back and be like, you know what your name is? <laughs> Engelbert, Humpty Back, Zengelbert, Bengaldack, Engelbert, Humperdink, Wingelbert, Wingledank. No, no, go back one. I want to uh, do that. So what do you know about Damn Yankees? Uh, nothing more than what you you told me just now. Okay. Do, do I mean, I, any other bits that I may have dropped that stuck? Uh, Gwen Verdon. <laughs> <laughs> cheater, cheater. Yeah. Say it loud for the whole class to hear. Gwen Verdon. Yes. Yeah. 
This is like her one big movie. Yes. Yeah, it's a, one of the great crimes of history is that we only have one film performance from Gwen Verdon. Mm. She she was a featured dancer. If you look at her IMDb, she was a featured dancer in like a dozen movies. But in terms of, hi, I'm an actress who it plays a character that sings and dances and speaks, this is it. Until later on. Um, I should say, it's a crying shame that we only get her once as Gwen Verdon, the musical star. She mm. was in Cocoon later. She was in... Um, yeah. Right. A lot of TV, but uh, this is her at the height of her powers, of her Gwen Verdney goodness. Well, so. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can only assume that this is similar to Pajama Game in that it had probably a million shows uh, Yeah. performances. It ran over a thousand. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, what was I going to... I forgot what I was going to say. Is, is Fosse in this one? Briefly, um, yeah. Okay. Um, he, has, he does have a featured performance. Do a, uh, very, nice. okay. very well-known dance. <laughs> they do, and so it is also our only. Well, no, that's it's an only film record of the two of them dancing together. They did do other TV specials together that you can find mm. footage of. Nice. Um, so I remember what it was. It's also. Faust. It's our other Faust. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. What was the other Faust? Uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Life of Laius. Oh, of yeah. course. The best yeah. Faust. <laughs> the best Faust. Um, there's, oh, that's a whole thing that you could do is like, what are all the Faustian musicals? Let's do them yeah. all together. But yes, this is a Faust. Tale. All right. So, uh, and we will be getting three Tony winners. Uh, did, yeah, he won. Tony. So we're Gwen. Gwen won Best Actress. Uh, Ray Walston, who plays Applegate, won Best Leading Actor, and then the Best Supporting Actor um, is also from this show. Hmm. And uh, so they won three of the four major acting awards of the Tonys that year. So totally swept it. Uh, so yeah, this is Damn Yankees. Uh, it. Weirdly, this one does still get produced frequently in terms of community and local theater. Hmm. Um, so when we watch it, let's like compare, like, why do people keep doing this one, but not, not the, the pajama, pajama game? game. Right. Like, what's that about? It's so odd to me. So, okay, so we get to watch Gwen Verdon, and that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Are we all excited? I we am. should be excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Because okay. like, I know two of, I've seen two of the numbers from this. Mm-hmm. Um, which are probably the two best known ones, I'm guessing. So it'd be their dance, the who. Who's got the pain when they do the mumbo? Who's got the pain when they go up? Something the pain. Who's who, got the pain? Who's got the pain? <laughs> and then, uh, what, of course, whatever Lola wants. Mm-hmm. There's also one of my favorite big group dances is from this show. Nice. So uh, when we see it, you're going to be like, I bet it's this one, right? <laughs> you're gonna be, yeah, that's it. Uh, so is it, is it as good as, uh, what is it, one... Once, Once a year, a year day? day? <laughs> yeah, I think it's better, okay. but Once a Year Day does have its unique charms. <laughs> it's something. I just want to say for like three days after the after we watched the pajama game last week, I was just like walking around going like... <laughs> <laughs> Yay! There's something about just making that sound that's just like, while you're like driving or like cleaning, like doing dishes or cleaning your, your house, it's just like... <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> I'll have to try it. I could show you some of the choreography to assist with that if yeah. you'd like. <laughs> just need a hat. 
and, and just sort yep. of chug around with yeah. your neck sort of <laughs> and ah uh, and then just stop stand in the most akimbo way and be like yeah. this is totally comfortable this is how humans move right. i am Natural. totally a human <laughs> yeah are we are we convinced maybe what if fossey wasn't a human guys what if what if he was a robot alien sure i mean i wouldn't Question it? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Be like, that all checks out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's just watch Damn Yankees. It's that big, bright delight of the stage that Warners have brought to the screen. What's it got? Well, it's got... A little bit And a little bit Yes, it's got thisa and thatta and everything that made the play keep right on running for three wonderful years. And it's got something else. It's got... Oh, miles and miles and miles of heart. Empire State Building on this next one. No, 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 Lola. This is a straight seduction job. A new boy I just got hold of. This is the one. What do you think? Duck soup. I'll go put on my working clothes. See you after the game. Would you like to take Lola someplace tonight? I, I sure would like to, but uh, you know what Mr. Van Buren would say? He'd say, you lucky boy. No, no, he'd say it's late. He likes us to get to bed early. Any particular place? So that was Damn Yankees. Those damn Yankees. Damn, damn Yankees. I like that they say it within the first, like, minute and a half of the movie. It's like, yeah, it's like 30 seconds. Yeah. And then they say it, and it goes to the most psychedelic, tr- like, trippy... Epilepsy-inducing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, title sequence that's all these flashing colors and reverse flashing colors, and I'm just like, I'm glad I don't have a brain injury. Right. Yeah, it could have been problematic. And I've seen this movie a lot, and I apparently never remember those credits. I blank them. <laughs> Maybe I'm being hypnotized by them. I don't know. But I'm, all the flashing lights. I'm just like, whoa, why don't I remember these? These are terrible. <laughs> ha, so, what did y'all think? Not, not my favorite of the ones we've seen. <laughs> I don't know. There was stuff, to, we, we'll get into it. There was parts I liked, and I don't know. It just kind of it wasn't as exciting throughout, I guess, is kind of... Yeah, I, don't know. I agree. I also don't think a lot of the songs are super catchy. Yeah. Um, like, I like the dance, like, the couple of dance numbers we get are really cool. Um, but, like, overall, the only song I could probably, if you played for me again, that I would recognize, would, well, other than Who's Got the Pain, would be Whatever Lola Wants. And yeah. It's going to be stuck in my head for a while. <laughs> well, Heart 
became a standard for a very really? long time. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I couldn't even hum you how that song goes right now. <laughs> that is really bizarre to me because that was like a standard that would get referenced even in jokes and skits. Really? It became a trite cliche of a song. Like, like they, they sing, sing it again. Uh, Edith Bunker sings it again with the kids <laughs> at the end. And uh, I was like, is that the song? Yes. Okay, that is the song. Like, oh, my I God. Have, that's how, like... Nothing that song is to me, really. Uh, okay. Same with the, uh, whatever from Hannibal M.O. She was Joe from Hannibal M.O., which is just, like, the least melodic song I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, it's, you, that's a song you do so you can dance. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. that's the big dance song. Right, right, right. And you get, yeah, I mean, you get the great, I'm sure on stage, too, it's, it's fucking great, because it's a big company dance number. Yeah. Um, but it's just the song, like I said, the songs themselves, just, whatever. I could do without them. <laughs> <laughs> Especially follow-up coming from the pajama game, where it was like every song was, a, was like awesome. You know you're, I mean? you're not wrong. Yeah. It's the same people. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what's surprising about it. It seemed like, it's, yeah, it seemed like this one would have been first in the line, you know, chronologically, like, just because of... Like, did they work the kinks out on it, and right. they got something Yeah, it seems like it seems like they yeah. figured it out with Pajama Game, but then somehow, you know, like, that, if that was two steps forward, this was the, the one step back in the... I don't know. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that there were a couple of songs that I recognized, and then some that I had never heard, and a lot of them seemed not to be melodic. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So... Yeah, there's, it feels more pattery. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'll be honest and say I agree with you. This There's something about the show, and I've seen it live several times. Um, there's something about the show that's a bit clunky. It, yeah, it, that's a good word for it. It just doesn't flow in the same way. And you've got a protagonist that you're like, the tension isn't there for me. Right. Yeah. Yes, I definitely agree with that. He the driving force behind all of it is just he like... Set, he basically sets himself up of, I'm going to do this thing, and then I'm going to get out. And you never really see him get tempted. He never really wants to stay. So it's just, I'm going to do this thing for the summer. So it's all about Applegate trying to tempt him and never being successful. What's the big wolf? There's, and then he tricks him, and then so he thinks he's a lost soul. But even that, at the end, is, as it turns out, no big whoop. I'm just going to ignore that you own me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's also no real, um, there's no character arc for um, yeah. the main, for, I don't remember his actual Joe, name. Joe. Joe. Joe something. Um, oh, yeah, she does say it. That's her husband's name, too. So both times he's still Joe. Uh, there's no real character arc. Like it's not like he's a piece of shit at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, he's really into baseball, and his wife's talking at him, and he's not listening to her. But like, he's not like a real piece of shit or anything. And he's not like. I mean, he is kind of shitty because he leaves her to go do this fantasy of his. But like, that's not portrayed as like he's he's real selfish or anything, and that he's learned like all of this has taught him a lesson. Well, and, like even in that, like he leaves knowing like 
singing the, about it, like coming back. Like I'll be back. It's not. Yeah. Like, it's never like he's leaving her exactly. forever. It's like no, I'm definitely coming back. And then he like comes back and he, the wife's like, "Where have you been?" He's like, "Don't ask me." He's like, "Okay." And then like <laughs> yeah. there's no there's no arc to his character at all. You never see any. He's the same character the whole way through the movie. I am going to put this caveat that maybe if the character of Joe had gotten the two ballads that were cut, that maybe there was some emotional growth there. Yeah, okay. I will say that, like I've said, I've seen this several times on stage. I don't remember those ballads. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so maybe not. (laughs) But uh, Tab Hunter, who plays Joe, uh, couldn't sing them, so they didn't put him in the movie. Fair enough. Seems like you should have cast someone that could sing them, but, you know, hey. Um, Yeah. Or, I don't know, dub him? Like, <laughs> it's not like this is an unheard of phenomenon in musicals. <laughs> well, and so instead, they Adler wrote, there's something about an empty chair just for the movie, and it since, it since found its way into productions. And oh, okay. Finals. But he wrote it for the movie because once they cut Joe's two songs, there was no emotional... <laughs> anything happening yeah. when they were apart. Right. So he wrote it for um, for the wife to sing, for Meg to sing, so that there was some sort of emotional context to the whole separation between the two of them. Um, what's sort of sad is that Adler had to write it by himself, because it was Adler and Ross who mm-hmm. were the, the composing team, and Ross died at the age of 29. Oh, shit. Just... A few months after Damn Yankees opened. Wow. Yeah, so they were they were a writing duo that had two hit shows right out of the gate. The world was their oyster, and then Adler dropped it. Not Adler, Ross, pardon me. Ross. Wow. At 29. Isn't that sad? Like, we could have gotten so much great... I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not a team I think of off the top of my head. Yeah. But when you go through the songs they did write, there are some, like, not... It's not that they're batting a high average, but the ones they write that are good are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then you get some of the other ones. Yeah. The other the other thing with um, Joe not singing is that it kind of sucks then that you have Tab Hunter for so much of it. Because... <laughs> We talked about this. The guy that plays the older Joe has an amazing voice. Yeah, he does. And you're like, you need to hear right right at the beginning. I would be okay with this 20 year old still having that voice. Let him still sing with that voice. I would not give a shit. Like it would still be great to hear. Yeah. Uh, So it's like when you have a good asset like that, and then it's just squandered because he gets. Two songs at the beginning because he's he's part of the um, the, the opening, opening song. Yeah. Six months out of every year. Yeah, and, he gets and a little then song to his old the, the old girl song. His goodbye song. Yeah, I'll be back. And then they do a reprise of. No, doesn't it, he? Yeah, he sings yeah. along with her. He's, yeah, with the uh, when he's just like singing to, to over uh, Applegates. Yeah, yeah, basically putting his fingers <laughs> in his ears. Yeah. La la la, yeah. I can't hear you. I sold you my soul, but I'm. Taking it back. Yeah. I crossed my fingers. Um, so we should... Let, let's start at the beginning. So... Um, yeah. So the premise, it's based on a it's book... Faust. It's based on a book, uh, The Year the Yankees Lost the Pennant, I think was the name of the book. And it's the same... The exact same team, minus Jerome Robbins, 
from the pajama game. So when they okay. set out to do this, that was kind of the thing for Fosse is, okay, now can you do it on your own? Right. You you learned a lot from Jerome Robbins. Can, what, what can you do on your own now? Um, but, uh, and then Hal Prince uh, stepped in as a more hands-on producer, and there was a lot of headbutting between Bob Fosse and Hal Prince because as they were working the show, taking numbers in, changing things around, Hal Prince would be like, it doesn't work. And Bob Fosse just sees a producer, not a director, not a dancer, not a performer, not a choreographer, a producer, a Ivy League educated producer going, you're, no, you're not good enough. Instead, Hal Prince being, I know theater and it, this doesn't work. It's not work. It's slowing the show down. Apparently, the end of Act One originally was like this huge goofball musical chairs ballet with the gorilla mascot of the team. I mean, I want to see that. <laughs> but Whether or not it's I mean, in this movie. I kind of too. <laughs> um, which is funny because when we watch Cabaret, the gorilla, apparently there's a thing with gorillas and Fozzie. Yeah. Um, but... It, it was the end of the act, and Hal Prince was trying to communicate to him, it doesn't work. It, it goes on too long, and it doesn't close out the act while we need something else. Which is where we got Who's Got the Pain. Like, mm-hmm. they came up with Who's mm-hmm. Got the Pain in, like, two hours, and it closed out the act brilliantly, right? It's great. It's a great number. So it, that's the end of Act 1 on the stage? Yes. Okay. But, I mean, things are shifting yeah, yeah. around a little bit. Because like, it's, it's pretty late in the movie. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I don't even remember, I was just talking about all, all the things, so, so, Fosse, but here's the story time from the, from the biography, <laughs> when Hal Prince, after one of the on-the-road performances, was talking to the directorial and production staff in his hotel room saying, the number doesn't work, we mm-hmm. got we gotta change it. Fosse was in the next room and overheard and called the phone. <laughs> called the next room on the phone and was like, hi, it's Bob Fosse. I can hear you. Did you want to say it to my face? And he took it real personal. He's like, you hate my work. No, it's not that your work is bad. It's that it doesn't work for the show. And apparently, like, it just was a huge thing. Just butting heads all the yeah, time. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so the show starts uh, with six months out of every year, which is one of those fun numbers where you get counterpoint melodies Mm -hmm. going opposite each other Mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of wives. It starts with Meg, Joe's wife, a whole bunch of, and then all sorts of wives are singing about six months out of every year, I don't have a husband because he's watching baseball every night. And the men are just singing about baseball. He's out, he's safe, he's out, he's safe. And Calling the up names. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're blind, up. You're blind, up. You must yep. be out of your mind, up. Yeah. And so that sets up. The and they're older, right? Although Meg looks good. Yeah. Right. When Meg with Young Tab Hunter together, I'm like, I mean, yeah, she's a cougar, <laughs> but I'd buy it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the old Joe it feels older than Meg and the sisters. Yeah. Like considerably older. Yeah. Like it yeah. was a. One of those 50s where weddings where he's he, like 60 and she's like 40 ish. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, she was 18 and he was 35 when they yeah. got married. Yeah. Sort of deal. Who knows? Uh, yeah. And so he, the baseball's not going so well, and he steps out and he says, I'd sell my soul to have the, pen, the Washington Senators win the pennant. And who appears? Mr. With Apple. some real, like, Star Trek yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the effects, got beamed the, in. Yeah, the effects in this movie are like top notch. A plus. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, Applegate shows up, which is Ray Walston, and how do you guys know him? Oh, I know him from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He plays Spicoli's teacher. Like what? Yeah, I've, fucking thirty years after this movie, <laughs> right? I uh, no, I mean I, I recognize his face. Yeah. He was in uh, My Favorite Martian, which was a famous TV okay. show. He was also in uh, the movie in South Pacific, the movie version of South Pacific. He was in The Apartment, which is the Billy Wilder comedy mm-hmm. with Jack Lemmon. Mm-hmm. Um, he also appeared in Paint Your Wagon and The Sting. So oh, he, and The Sting, he, okay. So, I mean, I've seen him in a number of those. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, sounds like I've probably seen him in other things as well, but... Mostly, I just know him as, as soon as you said "Fast Times," yeah. I was like, "Yep, that's that's definitely <laughs> the same guy." Yeah. Um, uh, won the Tony the year of Damn Yankees eligibility. Won the Tony for Best Actor, and he is chewing oh, yeah. the scenery. He's, oh, he's he great is. as Applegate. He's kind sure. of a he's a weird small uh, goblin man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not really like not in the way that like Yul Brynner is, but uh, wait, wait, wait. You would call Yul Brynner a goblin man? I absolutely already have on this podcast. <laughs> I do not remember. I, I, them spike words. I, I don't masturbate to goblin men. <laughs> Yul Brynner's hot. But uh, yeah, oh he's, he's one hot goblin man. <laughs> no. Yeah. He so he's not. What's interesting about this part about him playing, uh, essentially the devil is he's not a like a Howard Keel type, like real tall and dark and like the way that you often see like the devil portrayed. Um, although I would like to see, once again, this is going to be a recurring thing of like who should Howard Keel play in this movie? Because <laughs> um, we talk, we definitely talked about that last week. Yeah, with, from um, Game. Yeah. With, uh, with um, how was his name? The dude from Pajama the main, Game. The main oh, guy. Oh, you're talking about uh, John Raitt? Yes, John Raitt. Oh, yeah. 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 About him, How about if Howard Keeler played, played, played that. Oh, that um, would have been delicious. Yeah. yeah. And in this one, I want to see him as the devil because it would be a 100% different take. Yeah. Well, I like that the devil but is, he's not physically imposing. Yes. He's not, there's no power coming off he's of him. Not no. He's, he's not, no. Sexy. He's not really anything. He's just sort of like conniving. Yeah, he's... <laughs> And he's a con man, but he's one of those con man, men that, like, does the three-card Monty on the street, and you're like, no, I don't even buy it. Yeah. No. I'm pretty, no. You're not even charming enough to talk me into this. Except, apparently, the... I mean, it did, Joe didn't take much convincing. No, I mean, he really. definitely didn't. He's like, hey, do this for you. He's like, really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, he was, like, he was like, I need to guarantee, like... But the guy's like, sure, yeah, okay, like whatever you say. Well, and also, it, it he's the fucking devil, right? And a real estate agent is like, I need an escape clause, and he just goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the devil got out negotiated by he's overworked by somebody who would put his name on a on a bus bench. Yeah. yeah. 
Like the oh, I I beat the devil. And, you know, it's not Johnny with his golden fiddle playing down in Georgia. It's just some real estate agent at the bus stop. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so the devil shows up and basically says, "I will turn you young. You will help the senators win. All I need is your soul." And he said, and Joe says, "I need an escape clause." Escape clause? Well, yeah. What if I don't like it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they settle on a date, September twenty fourth. If you're not happy by midnight. midnight, September twenty fourth, then you can you can escape. Otherwise, after that point, you are mine. <laughs> Only he doesn't do that. He just goes and gets a he cab. Just, he just uh, magic appears a cigarette to smoke. And then Joe, yeah. and then Joe goes, "I got to write a note for Meg." Which is nice. Yeah. And he writes a note and he sings a lovely song and he sings it so beautifully that we're like, oh, this guy can sing. And then when, <laughs> we say goodbye to him for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And then the first thing <laughs> that happens. He zaps him halfway through the song. He zaps him halfway through the song, which I bet that was some fun stage magic yeah. on, on Broadway. I bet oh, they did something sure. fun with yeah. that. He zaps him halfway through the song, so the first thing that we get with Tab Hunter is him singing. And that was a mistake. <laughs> not great. It's not terrible it's not terrible in that first song like I, I mean i feel like i agree that it should they should not have opened with that <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe introduce his face and like speaking voice first he but is adorable. yeah oh, he's, for sure like you immediately see why he was like a heartthrob like 50s all-american yeah he was like yeah. oh yeah you're just you're tall your blonde hair blue eyes it's Very chiseled, like... Gosh, howdy quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, George Abbott didn't like him. Really? Yeah. Was he, like, an asshole or something? No, or he just like... didn't think that he had the right physicality to, like... He didn't look like an athlete. He didn't look beefy enough. And here's what's hilarious. Let's look at everybody else in the I show who's yeah, the most athletic person on the screen. Like, especially <laughs> when you look at, like... The, the fat guys? Well, the three guys that are pretty much the the, base, the other the, baseball the most players. People that you get interactions with from the team. This is like the guys from uh, whatever heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have the two chubby guys and the one really scrawny guy. Yeah, the super scrawny. Yeah, yeah. Which they're yeah they cast them for comedy, but I'm sorry, he. You looks... put literally anybody with an average physique next to them, and they look like an athlete. <laughs> Hunter is, I mean, maybe it was a different 50s um, aesthetic, but he looks like a runner. Like, yeah. So, and a sprinter, so no, I thought yeah. that he would play baseball. I don't understand, Mr. No, I, know, I never questioned that. Eh. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, off they go, and uh, oh, and it's important because he grabs his old, his old cleats and his old glove from yes. when he played in high school, Joe does, before he runs out of the house. So the next morning, Applegate convinces, takes him to the senators and convinces them to give this random guy a tryout. Oh, before that, the reason they were playing the Yankees, that was it, was Joe's like, oh, I'm so sick of the Yankees winning. And Applegate's like, yeah, those damn Yankees. So first we get Hart. Because Benny, who won the Tony for Best Supporting Actor, uh, Benny coach, right? is the their yeah. coach. Mm. Like, you guys lose it every time we play the Yankees. Yeah, because they get in our heads because it's the Yankees. Well, 
you got to have heart. And so they sing heart three times. <laughs> yep. Three times mm-hmm. they sing it. Apparently, they really leaned okay. into people are going to like it. Whether or not they do, we're going <laughs> to sing it. We're going to make them like it. Three times. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> like, there's a lot of silliness going on during that number that's fun to watch. Like, uh... The middle guy is... Was the middle guy the is very... Like, yeah, 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 he's doing a lot of... He's, like, kind of puffing and puffing as he's singing, and it's... <laughs> he kind of... He kind of... Well, yeah, like, his whole chest sort of bounces as he sings notes. And the scrawny guy doing the high harmonies is... Harmonies in quotes, I would say. <laughs> high notes. Yes. He's doing the high notes. <laughs> well, it's supposed to... In theory, that would be... Is it supposed to be some kind of, like... Yeah, I mean... Kind of shitty. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Here's the thing. <laughs> His harmony sounds like our harmonies. Yeah. <laughs> Comedy tonight. Because... <laughs> like, when you listen to Meg sing, you could tell that she had... She was sort of being brassy, except mm-hmm. every once in a while she'd sing more sweet. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to the reporters sing, she does Shoeless Joe very brassy as well. Yeah, yeah. Which, when you think back to the style of singing that Doris Day put on for Pajama Game, I wonder if that's just the style that Adler and Ross liked. That's how they wanted it sung. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I mean, I noticed with Meg's like the tone, and then. The more that it happened, yeah, it seemed like it was something they were going for throughout the movie. Because I don't, I don't think it could be coincidental that everyone just sung in a very similar manner, right? I mean, but it seemed weird because it was it it wasn't always out of key or like you know off, but it was just like just off enough well, to be noticeable. It's because they're they're pushing the tone and they're doing it totally flat with no vibrato, mm-hmm. yeah. So it makes it sound strident and if you're not 100 percent on the t- on the pitch because mm-hmm. the v- a vibrato gives you <laughs> kind of gives you, you a buffer close. zone yeah gives yeah. you a buffer zone you can hone in on that note a little bit but when you sing it straight you got to be totally on pitch and just by the nature of singing straight the longer you hold it the more you're it sounds odd and you is that the right note i, I think it is yeah. but it's just it just keeps going. Um, yeah. I think that may be another, just another problem with all the singing in this movie, too. Because, like, even even though, I, like, I like whatever Lola wants, it's a really, it's a weird song. And, like, it's the same thing with the singing. It's just, like, it feels, something about it feels off. Where you're like, I should be enjoying this more than I am, and I can't put my finger on What's missing? I yeah. have some theories. Okay. <laughs> Lay them on us. Well, we can, we can get, oh, we'll get there. When we get, when to, we get, we'll get, when get that. We get that. Um, so, Heart, which, they're charming men. It's yeah. Just, it goes on a little long. Yes. Uh, so, Joe shows up, and they get the tryout, and he knocks it out of the park, and he's fielding so good, and, and there's this female reporter there like, who is this? Who is this kid? Um, and of course, Applegate's just shutting her down. I'm not going to give you any information. And yeah, but who are you? Where have you played? Where, like, you don't. People don't just come out of nowhere playing that this great. Uh, Hannibal. Yeah, I grew up in Hannibal, Missouri. Which he brings up because his wife had been talking about Hannibal 
I don't know that he ever was in Hannibal. I think he was referencing it because his wife talked about no, it. No, because he says that, and then he immediately like, oh, says too, how yeah. like they're waiting for the cold air to come down from Canada. Like, he just like mind, like you know, just immediately like repeats what she said. What she said the la- yeah. One of the last things she had said to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of sweet, and it gives you a little bit of a clue into his character. Like n- apparently he was listening; he just couldn't bother to let her know. Right. Uh, I do. I will say I like the reporter character in this. Yeah. I like the fact. Yeah. What I like most is they don't. Nobody's trying to fuck her. You know what I mean? Like she's not There's introduced no as flirting. a love interest. She's just a very competent reporter. Now she's susceptible to a lot of rumors and stuff. But that's also she didn't have Google at the time. Like that's reporting is like well, and listening to people and going it's and it's clear that Applegate has and, that set up as something to use mm-hmm. that that ruse that we will get to um uh, but so i really like that it's just it's this competent woman reporter and she's not being treated rudely yeah. there's not too much sexist talk <laughs> i mean it's the 50s what are you gonna do yeah. there's, there's, guys there's gonna be sex there's a baseline sexism goals y'all goals guys and girls goals <laughs> Y'all, there's just going to be some damn sexism. We just got to... You got to accept it. What was the line that we all... Cringed, like, I, I can't remember where it was in the movie, but I think it was when Meg was singing... Oh, it's the end of the Empty Chair oh, song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, without a husband, what is yeah, a wife? what is a wife without You're a husband? Right. Like, oh. Certainly not a person with agency. Yeah. yeah, all of us were just like, oh, no. You said it first. <laughs> you said, ah, the 50s. <laughs> it's like, can we just get to the next scene and forget this happened? <laughs> Woo! Doggies, 1958. But the Broadway play was 1955, so it took him three years to get the movie out. Okay. Um, so, uh, let's see, after that, oh, the next song is Shoeless Joe because it's the next day, and the reporter's like, she's like, well, if I can't find out about him, I'll just start making things up and mm-hmm. turn him into a legend, a mythic hero like Paul Bunyan or something. And so she starts singing a song where she's just, like, making things up. And the whole baseball team dances. Yes. And they do some dancing. And then there's some weird Bob Fosse stuff in there. Because Bob Fosse choreographed. That's why we watched it. (laughs) It's very humorous. I like to see it. And... um, I love that the three guys with their, uh, all their glove movements. Yeah. Their weird walk and then the glove. Like little shuffle, yeah. like shuffle walk with just like yeah, a, a quick kind of duck walk. Glove, a glove <laughs> pose. Yeah. Caught the ball over here. Yeah. Caught the ball over there. Then we're going to walk back. We're done. Oh, forgot to mention one of my favorite goofy bits is when Joe is trying out every time. And this has to be something from the stage show, right? Because if you think about it, they can't actually have Joe hitting a ball on stage. Mm-hmm. So this was something to do to indicate he's really hitting the ball far is to have the manager and all the players. Oh, everyone. Oh, you yeah, hear yeah. the crack of the bat and then all of them just fall, track it up in this arc with their eyes and their head. And then all of them at the same time, it's brilliantly practiced, start chewing their chew again while yeah. they look back at him. Chew, <laughs> chew, 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 crack. Their mouths drop open, the chewing stops, and they follow the ball with their mouth hanging open and choo, choo, choo. <laughs> it is like these typewriter sort of things. Yeah, like yeah. Choo, 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 <laughs> choo, Really, really funny. Um, so 
I think I mentioned this in the intro. By the way, listeners, the intro and the watching of the movie happened on two different nights for technical difficulties. <laughs> like, so. over a week apart. So <laughs> yeah. we've forgotten most of what we said at the beginning of the episode. So when I edit this, it's going to be very yeah. exciting for me. Yeah, um, it's going to be really good, really weird to listen to in <laughs> two and a half months. <laughs> so um, this is the same setup as the pajama game where the deal that was made was they would take the whole cast wholesale and reproduce for film as faithfully as possible the Broadway show replacing one lead with a bankable movie star. Is Doris Day in Pajama Game. We get Tab Hunter in this one. You know, Tab Hunter. The... Oh, his nickname on set was Tabanta. <laughs> with a Brooklyn accent. Tabanta. Nice. Like, just all one word. And... But it's also weird because so much of the promotion, like, the promotion of from what I've seen of it, is Lola. Yeah. It's all just like, well, from what whatever Lola wants. Like, it's all just her in that outfit. Uh-huh. Why the fuck does it matter who else she casts in the movie? <laughs> it's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, but uh, Tab Hunter had the same experience as Doris did, where he walked onto a set. And was just like, oh, everybody else knows each other and what they're doing. <laughs> and I'm the odd duck. Yeah. Did, did this go through as many performances as uh, on stage as Pajama Game did? About, I think a little bit fewer for this one, but this one was still over a thousand performances. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> walking into these, that. Like, these people had been on stage together for almost three years. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> And then Tab shows up. Like, it's baffling to me. Like, there's no way this guy... I mean, I get it. We did talk about how he's a like heartthrob or whatever, but it's just so weird that he's not promoted in any of like the posters, <laughs> at least what survived to today. What survived now and the, the way it eventually plays now, because Tab Hunter was supposed to be this big star. He was big for a hot minute, and then nothing. And then it yeah. wasn't. And then it yeah. didn't really go anywhere. He didn't turn into the next Paul Newman or anything like that. Um, but also, Gwen Verdon's the best part of this movie anyway, so like, I get why you would have her yeah. put her up front because she rules. <laughs> yeah, she's, and this is the only, the only performance we get, we, the only real film performance we get of Gwen Verdon as an actress in a leading role, getting to say lines and be a fully fleshed character and mm -hmm. also dance a lot. And boy, howdy, does she? We'll get to that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I mean, was was she as bankable as a star for promotion at that point? Y yes. I mean, I would say you probably. I would assume for so. For Broadway, in, in I was going to say, yeah. For Broadway, she, yeah, she had to have been right. Um, because Can Can, um, she hadn't had a leading role yet. But she had stolen Can Can out from under the actual star. Um, when you read the biography, and I can't wait to see what come like what they show us in the the Fosse Garden. Because this series. is really where she blows up. Is this role right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, she was supposed to be a secondary lead, and Can Can uh, featured dancer, and the woman who was the lead basically kept maneuvering it to where, for example. She would have it have numbers restaged to to where the last thing that Gwen Verdon did at the end of the number to the musical cue was exit. So she'd be oh. off stage for the bows <laughs> for for when the audience is applauding. And That's some real passive aggressive yeah, bullshit right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, 
But apparently on opening night, there was just... <coughs> and again, what I would Lynn give Burton down... pushed her down some fucking stairs. <laughs> no, it's not some sort of showgirls show bullshit. <laughs> uh, I want a time machine so bad. So there was this whole ballet sequence. Um, and when I say ballet, I, I want to be clear. Girls. It's that... Uh, Agnes DeMille ballet that was very popular in the musical form of we're going to stop everything and have an extended dance sequence that tells mm-hmm. a narrative. Mm-hmm. There's this whole ballet sequence where it was all the Gwen Verdon character doing like all these different scenes in a I think it, I want to say in like a brothel or something. I don't really remember. I'm not familiar with that show. But like what gets described is this it was a comic tour de force, a dancing comic tour de force, and there was a slow motion thing where, and it was done in slow motion to the music, where somebody went by with a knife on a plate, she turned and followed it, grabbed the knife, came back around and stabbed the man, and then like danced off, right? And it literally brought the house down. The whole show stopped. And she, of course, had been exited off the stage, thanks to the lead, and was changing into the next costume <laughs> when they had to go find her and They're say... They're like, come out here because people you, want to see you. You yeah. need to go out and take a bow because the crowd is not going to let this show go on until they get to see you again right. right this instant. And so she went out and took a bow wrapped in a towel. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so good. So, yeah, Gwen Verdon was I a... Love her so much. Yeah. ...was bankable on Broadway at this point. <clears throat> and, in fact, uh, so we've got our creative team, and they're like, we're going to recreate our success with Pajama Game, and we're going to tag the hottest new thing on Broadway, Gwen Verdon. Mm. And Bob Fosse said, mm, I don't know. And they went, are you kidding me, Bob? You know <laughs> she can dance. You know she's right. Yeah, but is she right for me? Which is fair. Like, yes, she's a great dancer, but can she dance the way I'm going to want her to? Yeah. Turns out, yes. It turns out, very yes. (laughs) Uh, The two of them... So, uh, the reason... (laughs) Part of why he was nervous is she was Jack Cole's star dancer, and he was worried, are they going to see my choreography, or are they going to see Jack Cole's star dancer? Right. And... So her audition, <laughs> she met him in a rehearsal. goes back to this whole thing we talked about before, where it's like when you choreograph for one person, but yeah, 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 that like he doesn't want everybody her drawing the eye away from like. I want you to notice that she's great at doing my what I told her to do. <laughs> yes, um, my dance, not yeah, yeah. Um, so her audition was <laughs> she met him in a rehearsal room and, and banged it out. <laughs> probably uh, he. He, That's not on the record, but probably. They workshopped whatever Lola wants. He had he had started to choreograph, and he says he said this is what I want you to do. And Gwen Verdon was a burlesque dancer. She did do some stripping. She had a very storied past, so she understood immediately everything that he was doing and all of like the showbiz shorthand and the the kind of raunchy underbelliness of it. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm on board, and the two of them just clicked, and that was it, right there. And he was still married to Joan McCracken, but not by the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So, uh, 
uh, yeah. He, I don't think he ever... Did he divorce Joan or did she die? I, that's terrible. Joan McCracken had a lot of health problems, diabetes, and I honestly, and this is awful of me, I can't remember whether he... No, he did. He did divorce her. He did divorce her so he could marry Gwen. Because Gwen was like, I don't understand. You're with me. Why aren't you with me? Um, so, but back to... Then he just cheated on her all the time instead, so... Yes, he did, because <laughs> Gwen was doing Damn Yankees every night, and he had nothing to do. <laughs> you can't Ow. just stick your hand up that! You get to take the penis out. <laughs> so why not, right? So why not just go bang everybody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say it's very clear in the biography, Gwen totally knew. Yeah. 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 She... Like, you, you you, don't, you get together with somebody like that, and you're like, I know what I'm signing up for from the get-go, and let's just not kid ourselves, although we might pretend. Yeah. So, but back to the musical. Anyway, yeah. So, we're, we were at the... Um, Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Joe. Did you guys like that one? I did. I did like that That's one. That's a fun number, like... Again, the song, who cares about it, really? Like, the song's kind of Well, I mean, it's mostly just there for to watch everybody dance The, the lyrics around. are pretty forgettable, and There's it, but it's just fun. a lot of, like, really physical stuff of just, like, dudes throwing themselves at the ground yeah. in a way that's like, oh, if you do that wrong, you probably just broke ribs like well and they're outside like, on they're not yeah. on a set they are yeah. on location the that dirt. is yeah. dirt yeah <laughs> all i can think is well maybe they scraped up some dirt and put down something padding and then put dirt over it please yeah, but probably, probably not. not yeah yeah looked like a real baseball field like <laughs> ow yeah god to be young and made of rubber again but even so ow um, um yeah and there's a whole bunch of flippy boy shit in it it's great One and like you mentioned, I mean, I, I was pleasantly surprised too that there were some in that number. There were some prominent like people of color dancing, like yeah, and I not mean, just like the, in the in the background. Yeah, like, one of the featured. There's a black featured dancer, yeah. which is very surprising. George Abbott cast pretty diversely for Broadway at the time. Um, granted, not any real speaking roles, but sure. And the the deal was. Whole cast comes over, and MGM was a little like, yeah, but really? And he's like, no. Yes, but. So, give it up for George Abbott. Yeah. A little bit of great. A little bit of good there. Also, um, side note, I've been watching some numbers on YouTube from, like, black dance movies from, like, the 40s and stuff. Um, when we get through all of this Fosse stuff, we need to go back and watch at least one. I have one in mind. Um, Hell's a Poppin' is going to be one I show you. Nice. Yeah. I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, um, shit, I'm being a phasic, the brothers. Uh, this is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Honest to God, what happened in my head is my, bre my brain said, oh, you mean the Sherman brothers? <laughs> Not quite. No, because they're the people who wrote the music for Walt Disney films and Mary <laughs> Poppins. But now that I've said that out loud, I am never going to remember. But it's the two brothers that did the song with Cab Calloway. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's the number. That was the first number that led me down a big wormhole. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Somebody look it up on a phone. That's going to make me nuts. Um. So, uh, 
So Shoeless Joe, and it's athletic as fuck. It's one of those numbers where this is why it's a hard this is a hard show to produce like in community theater is because that's all supposed to be band yeah. dancing. It's a big yeah. And in community big, theater you get like five guys and forty girls. Uh, the Nicholas Brothers. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was never gonna come up with that. By the way, <laughs> it was never gonna happen. Uh, and then we come back and uh, Meg is feeling sad. Joe left her. Her friends are like, he left. He's not coming back. She's like, I think he is. And then she sings a little song that I just mentioned that uh, Adler wrote for the movie. And there's something about an empty chair. She's, she's got a nice voice. It's very yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, and Joe comes walking up because Joe has decided to come visit. Shoeless Joe. Yeah. He's like, because one of the like, they're like, hey Joe, you wanna you wanna go out with us, meet a girl, blah blah. He's like, no. It's like, oh, you seem sad. Well, actually, I am married. Oh, well, are you two fighting? Well, kind of. I haven't seen her. Well, well, that's it. You should go see your wife. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I should. <laughs> so he walks up to hear her singing this song, and he decides he's gonna come in and say, I heard you need a boarder. I'd like to rent your room so I can still live with my wife. As a young man, it's a little odd, right? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's a little weird because it's not like, because she, even she's like, wait, what? I'm renting room? Like, <laughs> I never even considered that. But you're it's right, I could. It's just like, oh, this guy down the street told me you were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, There's I, nothing about it makes sense, but. I, There's I a lot of the movie that you just kind of go like, okay, that need, that just needs to happen so the plot can move Yeah, along. Yeah, fine. And, and also, I mean, maybe it moved smoother in the stage script. Like, maybe there's a little Possibly. bit more, and they were just like, no, it's fine. Yeah. People understand. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he's going to move in. Applegate is not happy. And <laughs> and so Applegate's like, fine, fine, I'm calling out the big gun. So we are a third of the way through this movie before we finally get Gwen Verdon. Listeners, once again, our discussion was supersized. Oh, well, if we're going to live in a never-ending post-apocalyptic future, I think we can all agree that a post-fossipocalyptic future would be pretty fantastic. Part two of Damn Yankees next week. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Welcome. <laughs> Jenny. She's not sorry. Silent partner. I had a thought. Silent. Can it wait, or do you need to complete your thought? Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm good. So it wasn't even urgent, is what you're telling me. You shut up. <laughs>